Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> In the primary school. Good morning, Mrs. <laughs> yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence. Man, your presence is so thick in this house tonight, Lord. We thank you for your promise to water us. You'll never leave us nor forsake us. That's why we know in our heart of hearts that you are here. You are within us, Lord, and you are about to uh, give us a message, Lord, that will, I pray that will help us, Lord. I pray that our hearts will be receptive to receive what you would have us receive, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for uh, your word. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the theme for this month is enlarge. Um, it's also the theme for 2019. A whole year is enlarge on the inside. The theme for my the word tonight is, or the theme is enlarge, but the title is Five Steps to Make Room for God. Um, I was listening to Pastor Bruce this morning, and it was like um, he was looking at some of my notes. So I think tonight's going to be kind of a, a part two, if you like. Isaiah 54 and verse 2 has been the, the um, opening scripture for our church for the year. And it reads, Isaiah 54 two, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. This passage is addressing a certain woman that's barren. And this particular woman, it's a a metaphor of the nation of Israel or Jerusalem. And God is calling this woman to enlarge the place of her tent because God is going to bring provision for her. She's going to move from a place of being barren to a place of being fruitful. So God is calling her to enlarge the place of her tent, causing her to widen and stretch out the tent pegs of the curtain and to lengthen the cords that will hold the stakes that will hold up the house that God is building. So it is with you and I that God has a great plan for you and a vision and a destiny and a calling And that he wants to enlarge the place of our tent. He wants to make space in that place within us that will allow God's grace, which is what? Which is his strengthening. It's his um, provision and abilities and talents. And he wants to provide a place for his grace to begin to work through. Why? So so he he can fulfill the purpose that he has for you and I. So I believe God wants to bring increase in all areas of our lives. He wants to bring enlargement to all areas in our spirit. God is the God of increase. God is the God of multiplication. I like to see God also as um, the mass original mathematician. That when he created Adam, from Adam he created, he brought out Eve. So he was already um, beginning to add numbers. And from Adam and Eve, he said to them, go into the world pretty much and multiply and increase. God is a God of multiplication. 
talking about enlarge. He's a God of addition. There was one time in the New Testament where he added 3,000 people to be saved in one day. He's also the God of division, meaning that he wants to divide the sheep from the goat, salvation. And he wants us to rightly divide the word. But he's also not only multiplication or addition, but he's also the God of the vision that he has for your life. There is a vision that he has for your life. But the vision that he has would require space in our heart to allow God to move and equip us even more. So in order for multiplication and addition and division, the vision to take place, there ought to be some subtraction. There ought to be some things that need to be subtracted from our life so that we can become an attraction to people that they will see the one who come to give life and life more abundantly. God wants to enlarge the place of your tent. But before enlargement or expansion can take place, there must be a few adjustments that need to be made. In the scripture, we just read that in order for the curtains to be widened, the cords had to be lengthened and the stakes had to be strengthened so it can hold the cords that hold the curtains that build the house that God built. Not Jack. In my study at home, I go into the study and sometimes it's in order. There are things in order and I know where everything is. There's another time I go into my study and then I quickly come out, shut the door, try to go back in and hopefully that everything's in order. There are times in our life where um, not everything's going to be in order. Not everything is going to be um, the way that it could function better. God wants to enlarge the place of our tent on the inside. Why? Because he wants to make room for him to move. When I was thinking about this topic of enlarge, I was thinking about God asking me the question of, will you make room for me? Will you make room in my life, in my heart for God? And what this, what this um, means to me, will you make room for me, what that speaks to me is, will I prioritise God in my life? What place do I have in your life? The last time I, I preached up here, I shared a, a little bit about my grandma who, from Samoa, she came over and she's the one that taught our entire family about putting God first. Um, as I shared last time, she taught us to begin the day with God and then go about your life and then um, end the day with um, an evening devotion. So we would have uh, prayers in the morning, go about our things during the day and then we would have a prayer in the evening. And the thought that came to me when I thought about that is that Jesus is, is also called the bread of life. And so if I have Jesus at the beginning and I have Jesus at the end of my life, it's kind of like I'm building this sandwich of Jesus, of me being in the middle. I'm building the sandwich meaning that I'm going to live my life surrounded by Jesus, that I'm surrounded, I begin my life with God, my day with God, and I end my day with God. Rather than I'm late for work, I'm going to pray on the way. 
I'll pray in the shower, I'm going to do this. God wants to spend time with us. He wants us to make room to enlarge um, the place of our tent. Nothing wrong with uh, praying on your way to work and praying uh, in the shower. That's all good too. But I'm just saying to prioritise God. What place does God have in your life? Who is number one in your life? Who is the centre of our lives? So the kind of sandwich that I'm talking about, if Jesus is the bread of life, we have this sandwich. I want to encourage you to have this sandwich. But the way I think about it is a subway sandwich. And the subway means, sub means under, way is mean Jesus. He is the way. And it means to live our life daily under his lordship. A sandwich from subway is a great way to go. It's a way to live your life submitted under the way, the truth, and the life. Subway, his way. Another scripture says that to submit yourselves unto the Lord, resist the devil and he will flee. Often we just read, resist the devil and he will flee. But how, you got to know this, that if you are fully living your life, eating a Subway sandwich, surrounded by Jesus, living under his way, submitted to God, when you're living your life like that, when it comes to resisting temptation, the flesh, the devil, when you are submitted to God in a time of temptation, he will flee. If we are in a time of temptation and resisting the devil, but we're not submitted under God, we're not having that sandwich from Subway, we're not living under lordship, it's going to be a tough fight. So what I'm saying is part of the way God is showing me to enlarge the inner part of my tent is to make these adjustments to come before him and live my life under the lordship of Jesus Christ. So God wants us to decrease that he may increase, talking about enlarge. He wants us to minimise, to maximise his ways. Luke 2.7. Luke 2.7 is a passage that we were here during Christmas. And she brought forth her firstborn son, Jesus, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So to make room, or as Pastor Bruce preached this morning, to create space for him. Is there room for the King of Kings in your inn? Is there room for the Lord within your inn? What place does he have? Do you have a place for him? Or are we going to keep him in the back shed? Is there room for the King of Kings? What are some of the adjustments For myself, I know there are adjustments I need to make constantly in order to live under the Lordship and live out my life as my act of worship under him. Subway means under his way. God has a destiny, a plan, a purpose, a calling, a vision for each and every one of us, whether you feel it or not, and whether you accept it or reject it, and whether you believe it or not, God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. It's nothing to do with feelings, it's to do with truth and to do with his plan that he has for each and every one of us. God is for the vision that he has for you. He's pro-vision. He's for the vision that he has for you. 
just like he's calling out this tent in Jerusalem to make space for the provision that's coming, he also wants us to make adjustments for the provision that he has waiting on the dispatch docks of heaven ready to be released to you. God has a great plan for all of us. God did not just save us to go to heaven, but he also saved us for service. Why? So in our service, in our ministry, in our lifestyle, we can create opportunities for others to come into his kingdom. Psalms 119 and 32. Psalms 119 is the longest uh, book in the Bible, chapter in the Bible, Psalms 119. And it reads... I will run the course of your commandments. I will run the course of your commandments, that's your word, for you shall enlarge my heart. God is a God of heart. He's a God of the inside out. When we come to Christ, we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead. Psalms 18.36 says, You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. The King James Version says that God has enlarged my steps under me that my feet will not slip. He's provided some steps for me so wide that I can walk on that my feet will not slip. If my feet slip, what will happen to me? I fall. God is providing steps for us to walk upon. The foundation that we walk upon is his his word, the Bible, his scriptures. I shall run the way of your commandments and he shall enlarge my, my heart. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. My ankles give way if there's no, if the support is not very strong. So the word of God is stable and solid enough for us to walk on and live our life on. So what happens when we slip? We fall. God clearly does not want that to happen for us, so he provided his word for us to walk upon, to live upon. So I've got five things that I want to get through. Five kind of um, steps to make room for God. Number one is to walk in love. Walk in love. Ephesians 5.2 says, And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. The way that we walk in our life, we continue to walk in the way of love. Different expressions of love. I remember sharing one time that there are different languages of love, different types of love. There's the romantic love, there's the friendship love, there's the family kind of love, and there's the agape kind of love. The unfailing, unconditional kind of love that we are called to walk in. It's walking in that agape love that allows us and empowers us to love the people that are unloved. It's what the red frogs operate. It's what all the ministries are, are motivated with is that agape kind of love. It has no agenda but to 
love and to glorify God. It's the kind of love that um, causes us to pray for our enemies, pray for those people that are, you know, that use us. It's a, it's a tough call. But because Romans 5.5 5 says the love of God has been put in our heart by the Holy Spirit. You see, it's easy to love our own family. It's easy to love people who love you back. But we need his love. What kind of love? The agape kind of love. The unconditional, unfailing love that will help us to minister out of that love. And I love coming here every week and seeing that, um, seeing that happen, not only in our services, but down through, down through hope. Seeing a lot of you know, love being expressed in that way. No greater love than he that lays down their life for another. And that's what Jesus done at the cross. He willingly laid down his life for us. John 13 and 34 35 says, Jesus talking, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, by what? By the way we love one another, people will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples. There's a difference between Christians and disciples. Disciples are Christians, but not all Christians are disciples. Jesus said to make disciples. Disciples are Christians, but not all Christians are followers of Jesus. Jesus didn't just save us to get us to heaven. He saved us for service to get others to heaven as well. Move on. (laughs) Number two, walk in faith. First of all, number one is walk in love. Walk, and the number two is walk by faith. There's a song I remember in the 80s, George Michael had the guitar leaning up against the wall. Got to have faith. He was right. Walk in, walk by faith. Ephesians, not Ephesians, Second Corinthians five seven says, "For we walk by faith and not by sight." The Christian walk that we have, or the Christian life that we are living, is often known as a walk. Sometimes in accountability sessions, we we would ask the question, "How is your walk going?" Implying, "How is your journey?" Not your standstill, but your journey, your walk with God. How is that going? We encourage people to grow in their walk of faith, not their standstill. You're either walking towards God or you're walking away from God. You're either pointing people to the Lord or, or not. It's impossible to please God without faith. If, uh, Hebrews talks about that, Hebrews 11. We can't expect to do the things that God is calling us to do without faith because it's impossible to please God without faith. Step out in faith and when we step out in faith, we are pretty much diminishing fear. The saying we sometimes hear preachers say that fear tolerated is faith contaminated and faith tolerated is fear contaminated. There's some things in your life that God has 
showing you that you're going to do, like Pastor Bruce preached this morning about vision. There's a vision that God has for you, but it's going to require steps of faith or steps of obedience. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing the word and by hearing the word of God. So we're talking about enlarge, enlarging the place inside. How are we going to remove certain things in our life? These are some of the steps, meaning the walking steps. And as some of you know, I've shared some of this analogy before, that on my left foot I'm wearing, you can see my left foot here, I'm wearing Converse. And on my right foot I'm wearing a Nike, but this time I'm wearing a Nike Air Jordan. Two different shoes. <laughs> the, the foot on my left, the shoe on my left, is about conversation. It's about converse. It's about talking. Sometimes if I just talk about my vision or I'm just conversing about Jesus, but I'm not going anywhere, I'm not doing anything, I can stay here for 5, 10, 20 years. And I can just be conversing. You know Jesus loves you, man. You know God loves you. You know about the, and quote 20,000 scriptures, but do nothing. This is all I'm going to look like. I'm just, I'll be at a standstill. I'll just be hopping with no hope. I'll just be bobbing up and down on one foot. But when I have my other foot, two feet, when I have my Nike Air Jordans on, and we all, what, what does Nike say? Just do it. So I go from conversing to just do it. I go from just talking about it and then walking. But on this journey, last time I wore just Nikes, but I'm wearing Nike Air Jordans. The reason I'm wearing the Air Jordans is because what river was Jesus baptised in? <laughs> he was baptised in the river Jordan. I don't think Michael was there. Maybe Michael the angel, but not Michael Jordan. But what that says to me, because our faith when we start, we start by love, by God's love. We are saved by God's love, by God's grace through faith. And then we begin a journey of walking, of stepping, stepping up in faith. And the whole thing about the River Jordan is that it, in the River Jordan, when Jesus was baptised by his cousin John, when he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. It wasn't a dove falling down. It was, it was used as an example. That the Holy Spirit descended upon the Lord like a dove. The presence of the Lord filled Jesus and now empowered him to be able to walk out his ministry and his call. And it's a reminder to me that during my walk, sometimes I might get a bit flat. I might get overwhelmed by certain things or stressed out about certain things or whatever. And then I've got to remind myself of my... Jordan experience. I've got to remind myself of my first love, coming back to my first love, which is Jesus. I've got to remind myself when I get stuck on my walk and I feel the pressures of life coming against me, I've got to remind myself when I came up out of the water, when I got baptised, when I got saved. And God wants to remind you that when you get stuck in your walk, when you are stepping certain things out of your life and stepping into, when you get stuck, God wants to remind you of who you are and where you've come from. And the air, the air part of the Air Jordan is faith comes by what? 
and by hearing. Hearing. Hearing is what? Air. <laughs> I know, I know. Air Jordan, this kind of air. <laughs> I'll wait for the... Yeah. So when we hear, when we live our life beginning our walk and we learn to understand his word because his word is carried by his voice. His voice carries the word because his word is written by his voice, which is the Holy Spirit. Second Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed. It's the voice. That's why we say it's the sword of the spirit. It's the S on the word. The spirit that wrote the word. So as we begin in our foundations on knowing the word, we begin to know his voice because his word needs to be heard to turn into a verb, which is a doing word. Is everyone still with me? (laughs) So when we hear, when we hear with our ear, God gave us two ears and one mouth to listen twice as much as we speak because faith comes by hearing. The Bible says to be slow to speak and quick to listen with your ear. God wants us to recognise his voice. John 10 talks about my sheep know my voice and I am known by them. God wants us to know his prompting of his Holy Spirit because his prompting will always lead to being positioned in a place that you will receive provision because God has provision for your purpose, for your plan that God has for you. So we need not only just to converse about what we know about God, but we need to just do it. And when we get stuck, remind yourself of your Jordan experience when you got saved and got baptised, so that will empower you to move forward. And when you get stuck, hearken your ear to the instruction of the word, and he will lead you. Cultivate your ear to know the voice of God, because his promises and vision that he needs you to know. And how do you know? By the voice of God by hearing the word, by knowing his voice. Because the word is carried by the voice. Like my word is carried by my voice. His word and his voice are one and the same. It's the difference between Bible and word. So walk by faith. We walk by faith. The Bible also says, and I think Pastor Bruce mentioned this, either tonight or this morning, Choose this day who you will serve. Okay, some of you missed that one. Choose this day. <laughs> Choose this day. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I'd just dry it up a little bit more before. <laughs> Choose this day who you will serve. Choose means the choice. It's free will. It's a choice to make. It's a choice to, to move from your converse to your Air Jordans. That's a choice that you have to. Choose while you're eating your Subway sandwich, <laughs> which is being surrounded by God, living under his lordship. So number one, walk in love. Number two, walk by faith. The reason I'm, I'm call it five steps to make room for God, because, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As some of you know, I used to do like security. Of course you did. And uh, if someone would want to challenge you physically, 
they'll use the word step you out. They go, this person wants to step you out because he wants to step you out to take you out. So there are certain things in our life that we need to approach with that kind of fight. There are certain things that we need to step out to take out that will allow the enlargement of God's purpose to take place in our heart. And we're going to see what these things are very soon. Number three, number one, walk in love. Number two, walk by faith. Number three, walk in humility. Walk in humility. First Peter 5 and 5 to 6 says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. In the same way. <laughs> All of you, clothe yourselves with humility. Put on humility. He never says to take it off. Anything that God says to put on, he never says to take it off. Put on the full armour of God. There's never any instruction to remove it. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes, stands against the proud, but shows favour to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Humility is a powerful quality. Jesus demonstrated that. He reflected that in the way he lived. Humility can't... Well, humility can say, I'm sorry. Humility can say that I'm wrong. I remember growing up watching Happy Days and there was a character called the Fonz and he could never say, I'm... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. He could never say, I'm wrong. Humility can say, you know what, I was wrong. Humility is Christ-centred and not self-centred. Humility is teachable. Humility doesn't show off, has no ego, is not performance-based. Humility is not easily angered or easily offended. Humility is not approval-seeking. No, true humility is really living out who we are in Christ. In the Lord's kingship when he was on the earth, he demonstrated humility that even though he was king of kings and lord of lords and all of that, and prince of peace, he also was able to wash the feet of his disciples. In his kingship, he understood what servanthood is. Jesus said he did not come to be served, but to serve. Leadership is about serving. If you want to lead well, we need to serve well. That's why we're going to, we have an awesome host team. And um, I'll be at the Connect Hub later if you want to come and sign up. <laughs> C.S. Lewis said, he's a really good author, um, he wrote uh, Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe series. He said, humility is not thinking of yourself less but thinking less of yourself. Humility is knowing who we are in Christ. It's not being a quiet person, although that may be a trait of it, but humility is knowing who you are in Christ. Know who you are in Christ. Number four, walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So as we know in our walk, you don't have to be saved long to know that there's that conflict between the spirit and the flesh. And we'll be talking about how to deal with that by walking in faith, walking in love, 
walking in humility, and now walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is fellowship. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. It's cultivating this lifestyle of prayer. Remember the Subway sandwich, praying in the morning, praying in the evening. The whole point being that Jesus is our priority, that we are making room for him. It's reading his word, obviously. It's reading the Bible and not just conversing about it, but doing it. James 1.22, very easy scripture to remember. It says, um, what does it say? <laughs> it, says, it says, don't merely listen to the word, but be doers of the word. So don't, don't merely just have your converse on, but be walking it out. That's what it says. <laughs> James 1.22, very easy to remember. James is the one to do. Don't merely just hear the word, but do the word. It's the one to do. That's the one to do, guys. So if, if there's any James here, that's the one to do. The book of James, 122. Live a lifestyle of walking in the spirit, which is not being super spiro. It's not being all out there, but it's being a balanced Christian. That's why I say when you get the Converse and the Nikes, what shoes do you end up with? New Balance. That's the last one, I promise. <laughs> the point of that is to be a balanced Christian. Don't be too extreme in the left. Oh, you're going to hell if you speak in tongues. Or oh, you're too far on the right. There's this and that. Be balanced. Walk the fine line of the word. Be a balanced Christian. Don't be one of those ones. Be balanced. Number one, I'll go straight there, is walk in, uh, number five, sorry. Number one is walk in love. Number two is walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith, not by our natural senses, but walk by faith, being led by the Spirit of God. Number three is walk in humility. Number four is walk in the Spirit. And number five is walk in authority. Walk in the authority that you have been given. Authority is something that we have been given to walk in. There's an analogy I hear um, certain pastors say, it's pretty cool. It's like the police, they don't have the physical power to actually stop your car. They can't do that. But they have the authority to do it. You know, when you're on the freeway and everyone's zipping and zagging and, and all of that, it's... um. No, I mean, because I'm not saying the Bruce did it. I'm just saying he referred, to the, he referred to that example. You know, you're on the freeway, people are zipping in and out, and then all of a sudden you see there's a cop, and then everyone's like... <laughs> That's authority. That's authority that has been delegated to that officer from a higher power. You have authority. When God created Adam way back in Genesis, he gave Adam free will... He gave Adam life and he gave Adam dominion. He said, let them have power. Let them have dominion and let them subdue the earth. In other words, he transferred that authority over to Adam. Long story short, Adam and Eve are tempted by Satan, the serpent. They choose to disobey God. What happens there, long story short, is that authority that God gave Adam Adam now transferred that over to Satan. Adam legally did that 
It was legally done because God said, let them have authority. He didn't hold it back from them. And as a result, we know that Satan just ran amok right through all time until Jesus came, died on the cross, was raised again on the third day, and then came and gave us that authority back to the church. He restored the authority back. When you get saved, when you get born again, not only do you receive eternal life and righteousness, but you receive the authority to walk in. Jesus said when he was commissioning the disciples to go, he says, all authority has been given to me. That implies that somebody doesn't have all authority. All authority has been given to me. That's why when we submit ourselves to God and then resist the devil who does not have all authority, how do we know that? Because Jesus just said, all authority has been given to me, now go. And then he gives us that authority to walk in. We have been given that authority to walk in. And I pray that myself and us as believers will walk in that authority. So number one, walk in love, walk by faith, walk in humility, walk walk in the spirit and walk in authority. There are certain things that need to be removed from our lives. I just want to ask the team to come, please. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, 19, all authority, like I just said before, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Make disciples already implies that they were born again. Make disciples is a, it's a process of discipleship. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samoa, in Samaria, <laughs> And to the ends of the earth. Just testing, just testing, guys. We have been authorised to go. We've been authorised to go in his name, to reach people, to see people saved. And not just saved, but discipled. Because he said, don't save people. That's just a, a natural thing that will happen when you talk about Jesus. He said, make disciples, followers of Christ. We've been talking about enlarge. And just as I, I close, God wants to enlarge our heart by removing, and like Pastor Bruce said this morning, decluttering certain things in our life. We need to decrease that he may increase. need to minimise that he may be maximised. That ultimately that he is the most seen and the most heard in everything we do. That people will see the Lord through our actions or that our lifestyle will become that which becomes like a signpost, pointing people to Jesus, if not pointing people to wonder about him. So if I have a room when I was talking about my study, and sometimes it's in a bit of a mess and it needs to be organised, if I liken that to my 
or maybe to my soul or to my spirit as an example. And there's boxes of fear and boxes of hatred and boxes of flesh and boxes of pride and boxes of defeat. We're looking tonight at different ways that we can step those things out. Step them out by taking up those boxes. If I want to step out the fear in my life, I pick up those boxes. I don't just converse about it, but I do it. Knowing who I am in Christ, and I take the box of fear, and I begin to walk out who I am. I begin to walk in faith to remove fear. I begin to walk in love to remove the hatred. I begin to walk in the spirit to remove the things of the flesh. Because Galatians 5.16 says, Walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. If I want to remove pride and, and, and be enlarged to be more useful for God in the sense that I'm more um, effective, then I need to walk in humility. God exalts the humble. It's the other way around in the world. The ways of the world are different to the ways of the word. If I want to, if I want to pick up the box of defeat, I pick it up and I walk in authority, knowing who I am in Christ. And there are some things in our lives that we just need to remove. And how do we do it? Simply walk out the word. And that's what I've been looking at tonight. Simply taking time to continuing doing what we're already doing. And that's walking in love. When we go tomorrow to work, walking in love, walking in humility. There's no ego in that. Why? Because the Bible says I've been crucified with Christ. No longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And the thing about being a dead person is that you can't offend a dead person. When you know who you are in Christ, you can't be offended. I don't know if I've been to a lot of funerals and I've seen you know, the deceased in there, I can't offend that person. You know what I mean? So when we fully walk out who we are and understand what it means to die to self, to live in Christ, we begin to know who we are really in Christ. I just want to pray for you and then I'm I'm going to close. Father God, I thank you for tonight, Lord. I thank you for your word, Father, that you want to enlarge us, God. You want to make space in this place because you have grace for us, God, that's going to allow us to do your will, to do your purpose, Father. Help us to walk in faith, Father, to remove the fear. Help us to walk in love, to remove the hatred, to walk in humility, to remove and deal with the pride issues, Father. Help us, Lord, to walk in victory, walk in the authority that you have given to us so that we can overcome the defeat, the sense of inferiority. Help us, Lord, to walk in your way, Father. Help us not just to talk about it, Lord, but to step out and begin to move forward. Help us, Lord, to remember our first love. When those times get tough, help us to come back to that place where we were baptised, where we come to know you, Father. We thank you, Father. Strengthen us, I pray. Strengthen us as we make room for you. Help us to put you first, Lord. Help us, Lord, to make you truly the centre of it all, Father, I pray, Lord. Thank you, Father. I just want to pray also, is there anyone here that has not begun your journey with the Lord? I just want to 
asked if there's anyone here that hasn't yet begun to walk in Christ, that you may know about Him, but you actually haven't encountered Him just yet. The Bible says that if we simply believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, then the Bible says that we're saved. And from then on, we go on to live a life of turning our life towards Him. If you don't know Jesus and you want to begin that journey tonight, just so I know that I'm who I'm praying for, if there is anyone like that here tonight, if you could just raise your hand and I'd love to pray with you if there's anyone like that here tonight. You may have been away from God. You may have walked a different way and you've wanted to come back to God. I want to include you in that prayer as well. Is there anyone here like that tonight? Then I want to pray for anyone that's like that. I want to pray for anyone that may be listening to the podcast that's making that decision right now, the greatest decision that you can make. Church, I want to invite you to pray along with me as I pray. Father God, we thank you for salvation. Help me to walk in your ways. I love you, Lord. Have your way in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, we have many ways that we can help you on your journey. One way we have is we have a yes text, and that's simply a number 048826392. And if you simply text yes to that, seven o'clock every morning, you're going to receive a scripture and a prayer relating to that. And that is there to help you on your journey to begin to Lay down the first slice of bread in the morning. You're going to get that first bread. It's going to help you in your journey as you walk in Christ. We also have an email. You can uh, email yes at metrochurch.org.au and you also will receive the same thing. We also have different resources and people you can come and talk to at the Connect Hub and we could love to get you connected. Thanks for